Welcome to a special flashback edition of Advantage Connors. Jimmy and I are busy this week, so we dip into the archives back to 2020 when we interviewed legendary sportscaster Mike Lupica. Hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors on a beautiful August hot summer day here in California. With the eyes of the tennis world focused on New York City these next three, four weeks, we thought we'd bring somebody on uh, from his backyard who might know a little something about it. Yeah, you've read his books, uh, articles for the Daily News, a tennis fanatic, you know, my buddy, Mike Lupico, welcome to Advantage Connors. We have been friends for far too long, and... Brett, we talk about this all the time. It, we can't believe is it that the other side of this world that we've been in for so long that you and Zach Lupica are now working together at the Tennis Channel. That's my buddy. That's that's, <laughs> that's my coworker. We hang out in the control room all the time. He uh, he keeps me updated on all the hottest uh, WTA and ATP uh, uh, dating gossip. So he keeps me abreast. <laughs> he keeps me abreast of all that, and uh, and we talk a little smack and we watch some tennis and, and we have fun together. Hey, Jim, by the way, where we are right now out on Eastern Long Island, the tennis club where I play is Sport Time, which the McEnroes are involved in. And for the last couple of months, I see Pat McEnroe uh, there all the time. And I I cannot see Patrick without thinking that, as, as John once said to him about the 91 Open, look at the monster you unleashed that night. Well, he, he he did, but uh, you know the the end result of that is uh, you know coming back from two sets and in, uh, in uh, down uh, a break and love forty in, in the third set to come win that match, Mike. You, uh, I I hope you stayed because a lot of the fans left. They they kind of gave up on me, but I hope you stayed. But in uh, in a few no, did, thanks for Jim, that, Jim. Jim, yes, not sir. only did I stay, but it. 121 or whatever it was in the morning, I had enough time to get a fast column into the Daily News. And I ran into Bruce Beck, who's the longtime sportscaster from Channel 4 in New York. And he saw me the next day and he said, too bad that match didn't make the late edition. And I had the Daily News with me and I showed him the back page. And I, um, I did, yeah, I, not only did I stay, um, I was also, I don't know if we ever talked about this, I was at Wimbledon in 1987. It was like a precursor of what was going to happen at the Open in 91. I, I wasn't covering Wimbledon that year. Taylor, my wife and I just decided to go over. I was at center court when you played Michael Pernforce. Oh boy. And, <laughs> and six, Brett, 6-1, six, 6-1, one, six, one, Four one against the old man. Sixteen out of nineteen games. Right. <laughs> and he holds and he breaks. And I turned to Ubaldo Scanagatti, one of the Italian writers, and I said, "There's one person in the world who thinks he's got Pernfors right where he wants him now." And I <laughs> said, 
that's that guy, and I watched you come back that day. Uh, well, you, you – <laughs> Those are two pretty good I, matches I, to be at. I'm, I'm blushing because, uh, you know, it's too uh, – you know, coming back like that, Mike, you know that uh, that doesn't happen very often. But, uh, you know, to, to win a match like that, that's – you know, and especially as, a, as I was getting older, uh, you know, was, a, uh, was, was something that I really lived for. But, you know, we're, we're not here to talk about that. I, I, want, I want you to, uh, to, to talk about this U.S. Open and, and – uh, uh, you know what what what's going on what's happening well you know it's a go for now no nadal uh no halep um a, a couple of the other top women i have, have pulled out six of the and top 10 thinking, women six is that six brett yeah. yeah okay so and all i've been thinking about this jimmy when i knew we were going to do this podcast today is this you you won five U.S. Opens. We know what you did at the National Tennis Center, but if there had been no fans in the stands, you might have only won two or three. He, well, uh, you know what? That's a uh, you know. It's interesting that you say that because it's uh, you know a lot of the guys go out and, and practice like they are playing their matches, and and, and a lot of guys don't. Uh, you know, so you know the you know the feeling and and uh, you know the the Open's a, a great tournament. Let's let's face it, but the fans make it a great tournament. Uh, yep. uh, and, and without those New York fans and, and what they bring to, you know, every match, not just the center court and the, and the grandstand court there, but, you know, the surroundings, the outside courts and, and the vibe that they give, that's, that to me is the tournament. So uh, without that, you know, you know your, your thoughts on that. I mean, you've covered it. Oh. What are your thoughts? No, no, for, for, for sure. So he, here's the thing. And, 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 and again, this isn't like old man stuff. This is the reality of what we experienced when, when t- the Open was becoming a big deal again once Lou Hester moved it over to Flushing, okay? Mm-hmm. I, we, Arthur Ashe Stadium is great, but it has the atmosphere of a shopping mall, okay? I've always told you this. I think <laughs> right. Arthur would be appalled. I, no, I think Arthur would be appalled at what they built and put his name on it. But Louis Armstrong Stadium, back in the day, was as great an atmosphere for this sport as I've ever experienced. I love center court Wimbledon. It's probably my favorite venue in sports to watch a big event, okay? Mm-hmm. But you, you had to be there at Lewis Armstrong Stadium. And, and, Jim, it was a little like the old Yankee Stadium. The new Yankee Stadium isn't the same, but Lewis Armstrong, it held the noise, okay? Right, right. And you and you were in it, so you know this better than I, okay? But I used to sit in the front row, and I sat in the front row a lot in 91, okay? You could feel the court moving when something big was happening there. And and so we lost something when we moved into Ash Stadium, but now I can't imagine what this is going to be like this year. I mean, I'm getting used to watching the NBA with those virtual fans, but it's completely different in, in tennis, and it, it's going to be the Open. Somebody's going to get trophies. I get all that, okay? But it's not going to be the Open that we've known. Well, you know, it's a, uh, you, you say that, and, and, and I'm glad you did. So is there going to be an asterisk by, you know, by the name here? The, you know, with, in the women's, six of the top ten women uh, are not going to be in the draw. Uh, in the men's, you're missing two of the three top players. You're missing Nadal. You're missing Federer. No uh, Wawrinka, no Mafi, no Fognini, no Kyrgios. I mean, that's a lot of big names. That's a lot of big names yep. and a lot of big draws yep. are, that, uh, that are going to be missing out of there. So, you know, what, uh, how, how is that going to be handled? 
it's it's not going to be like that way back in the day when when the, you know when the ATP was having the big beef with Wimbledon and Jan Kodish won Wimbledon. Okay, right? Was it no? Was it the Open or was it Wimbledon? No, oh it, it, it was Wimbledon. There was a uh, yeah, there was a controversy and and uh, a lot of the the players didn't play Wimbledon that year in seventy three in, right. in, right. in nineteen seventy three. Is correct. Yeah, it's going to feel d- diminished. And and again, I. You know, if Djokovic wins number eighteen and 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 plays a representative field, but boy, when Brett starts going through those names, how can you feel like it's going to be a less than major? It's going to instead of one of the four majors, it's going to feel like kind of the fifth and a half major. You know, it's just it's it's not it's not going to be New York. It's no. not going to be the atmosphere that we came to to, to know. Okay. And it's, I mean, I'll watch, you'll watch, Brett will watch, Zach Lupic will watch, okay? But it's, man, it's just not going to be the same. I'm, I'm going. I'm, uh, I leave next week. I'm doing the TV for the USTA, so I'm getting ready to go into the bubble. I've been, you know, getting, getting my hazmat suits and all my masks and everything off Amazon. Yeah, so, Brett, what, <laughs> okay, what's the reality of, of the, the, your, you know, the physical situation when when you get there, w- w- so, working with the USDA. So yeah, I'm I'm flying in a day early, so that I'm flying in so I can get in, you know, essentially a day and a half before I start work, so that I can go and get my COVID test. So I get it tested, and then it takes 24 hours around to get the, the, the results back. So I sit around the hotel, essentially like self quarantine myself for the day, get the test back. If it's clear, you know, I, I go to work the next day and I can work. You know, we're supposed to right. fi- we're supposed to fill out like a questionnaire. You know, essentially saying, you know, how do you feel? Do you have a fever? You know, is your stomach? I don't know. I haven't looked at it yet, but there's some sort of daily questionnaire that we have to fill out and get our temperature taken before they'll give us like, a, you know, like an, a wristband that we can then get on the bus and then go to the tennis center. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. With so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness you can taste. We all know HelloFresh takes the hassles out of mealtime, but did you know it can also save you money? HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery store shopping by 25% less expensive than takeout. That means less stress in your day and more money in your back pocket. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Connors and use code 50Connors for 50% off plus free shipping. Brett, let me tell you something. In the old days, when I had first moved to New York, the toughest part about getting in the door at the open was taking the F train out from Manhattan. <laughs> That's right. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you so, could have picked up something worse than COVID on that back then. Uh, so so I got a question for you, Mike. Uh, uh, Wimbledon uh, had pandemic insurance. Uh, how smart yeah. was that? How smart was that, by the way? <laughs> who, who comes up with that? So, uh, but, but now... Uh, the open, the push uh, for to have the event has been incredible. You know, under with the understanding that they have uh, no 
income from merchandising, no income from food, yep. no income from ticket sales, no income from parking, uh, uh, no income from, you know, from uh, uh, everything that goes on around the open. So why, why the push? Uh, obviously, they got you know, money coming in from somewhere that, uh, that's important to them, correct? The ESPN money, I, the ESPN money to me is the only thing that makes this sustainable. But it's like the old line, you know, 100% of something, or, or, or no, but whatever percentage of what they used to get is better than 100% of nothing, okay? Mm -hmm. And so th this is the way they feel that they can cut at least some of their losses. I don't know what the status of their television deal is with ESPN, but this is now a television series for the, for the two weeks of the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. and, and the people who love the sport, they're going to watch. Okay, and and I'm sure that I don't know. Brad, are they going to do piped in noise? Have they, have they, have yeah. they talked about anything? Like yeah, I think they're thinking about doing something like that with what the NBA has been doing. But I mean, the push, I mean, the amount of money that they're still going to make, they're still going to make a good chunk if, if what I've heard is correct. And so doesn't this kind of show and point out like how bad a deal the players must have? That they're willing to yes. do all of this to put this tournament on without fans, without parking, without concessions, food, $30 cheeseburgers, $20 shots of vodka, all that stuff. And they're still willing to go through all this risk, bring people in from all over the world, all these different countries, just to make this money, this TV money, like you said, ESPN. Doesn't that show you how shitty a deal the players must have? Because they're going to come back next year yes. and have you know two or three times the profit and then still get essentially the same prize money. You're, 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 you're totally right. And I, I don't even know. Maybe you know this because I don't know it because I haven't, I, I haven't started to follow it this closely. What's the prize money going to be like? Well, Are I, they still going to make $3 million if they win? No, they've cut it. They, they've definitely cut it, but I mean, not to, to the percentage you think. I mean, you think if they're losing, they've got to be losing at least half their income. It's something like that with, with no fans, right? But they didn't cut the prize money in half. I think the prize money came down 20, 25%, you know, something like that. It came down, but not as much as you think it would in a situation like this. So they're highly incentivized to go that. You know, they've been, they've been shut in for five months the way the rest of us have. I'll, let me turn this around. Jim, what would you, if you were healthy, you would have come and played despite the, 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 the diminished state of, of the title and without no fans or, or would you not have? I don't even know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't answer that question now, Mike, because I'm not, uh, you know, it's not my living anymore. And, and, uh, you know, I, I once said that, you know, if it was 130 degrees, I'd go play in the Sahara desert to, you know, to, to, to make three and a half million dollars. <laughs> you would have played. Yeah. <laughs> he would have played. Yeah. So uh, there's you a know, title on the line and a check on the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're probably, listen, I, now that you know what I am, let's just haggle over the price, right? <laughs> Is that the way it's supposed to be? <laughs> you, you, you know, but, but the, the, the end, the end result is is uh, the the importance of it is is still there. It's still the U.S. Open. Yes. You, you know, yeah. uh, diminished or not. Yeah, you know, you look back. You brought it up. Uh, the 1973 Wimbledon when Jan Kodish uh, uh, won that right. tournament, and that was diminished. But do people uh, when the Wimbledon champion name comes up, do you say, well, Jan Kodish, uh, well, he won a diminished title? Yeah, he still says I'm Wimbledon. He still champion. says I'm Wimbledon champion. You know, so oh, he gets to go to the he gets all the champions' rights there, and and you know it's funny, Jimmy. That seventy three was the last Wimbledon. I did you know when I started covering tennis full time, 
74, when, when you got Rosewald, that was my, my first Wimbledon. And, and even then, people were still talking about, you know, what had happened when, when, when Kodish won. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's one of the other reasons why tennis started to take off in the middle 70s, because all of a sudden, there you were. There Borg was. And McEnroe came along a little later, and, and the sport not only felt big again, it felt as big as it ever had, at, and, and not just at Wimbledon. And, and so when I look at this U.S. Open, okay, the most highly incentivized people who on the ground will be two. Serena Williams, who's going for number 24, even though she's, she's going to turn 39 next month and Djokovic Djokovic wins this open he gets to 18 okay mm-hmm. Nadal sitting at 19 Fed sitting at 20 right and mm-hmm. and then the question becomes and that's another thing I think a lot of these pay players who opted out felt okay how can I play the open and then go get, you know get myself ready to go play that brief clay court season running into Roland Garrett well, do, yeah. doesn't doesn't that, that kind of make uh, you know the way they've changed the points and and uh, the system on how uh, you know the only way for you to get points well, it's, is, essentially it's a money tournament. It's a money tournament, right? Yeah. So, right. so 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 right. you're, you're going to, to to play for you know to to make a check and and uh, it's not going to hurt your point system or your ranking or anything, is it? No, no. no. The only way no. you could you it's can. Not. Yeah, the only you can only improve your points. So like Medvedev made the finals last year. The only way he can get more points is if he wins the tournament. He has to win Cincinnati and the Open to improve on his ranking. If not, those he doesn't have to worry about it, and he defends the points next next year. year. Right? Oh, oh boy! So Nadal well, has to Nadal won't have to defend his 2019 U.S. Open points. Djokovic will have to defend the Australian Open twice. <laughs> right before right. before right. before right. he has to defend his 2019 uh, points and Andrescu too Andrescu both defending champs aren't there I mean there's a lot of things that make this tournament you know they want to call it a grand slam but it seems almost like it's more like a 500 level tournament you know right. I mean well, six out of know, the top 10 women not there I mean that's that's a big number right right so, Mike when we hear when we hear Brett going through all that stuff and I hear Zach going all through that stuff they know more, way more about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brett, Brett keeps me current. <laughs> he, he does. And, and, you know, but isn't that great though? Is it, I've always said to people, okay. I, I said my appreciation, my knowledge, staying current in sports comes from watching sports through the eyes of, of my three sons. And because, yeah, here's the thing I've learned, and I'm sure you've learned. You know what they think are the good old days now, okay? Mm-hmm. They they don't want to hear us talk about 91 or 87. They think the good old days in sports are right now, and guess what? They're right. Are they? <laughs> you know, uh, you know the you know looking back and and uh, and and uh, uh, I, I, I I'm old school. You know that we've talked about it and and uh, uh, you know and and trying to compare. You can't compare modern day to to old nope. days and and, nope. and and the the players and and the equipment and all that kind of stuff. You know, and and we've talked about this, Mike. Uh, you figure that that you know Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, Joe Montana, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Pete Rose. You know, if, if you're great in your sport, in your era, you're going to be great in any era because you'll figure it out, right or wrong. 
Oh no, you're you're completely right. I think about this all the time. Okay, if you had the you know the conditioning and the the equipment and everything else, all I know is your return of serve would have gotten better. It certainly wouldn't have gotten worse. And 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 what you're going to have less competitive fire. And I I tell people this all the time. Okay, and again, I I, I don't want to make it sound like we're sitting at the home. But but ninety one was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. That's twenty nine years ago. What you did at the Open, I tell people this all the time. Send up a player when the next thirty nine year old tennis player does what you did that year, and and made the sport feel better, bigger in the United States than it, than it ever had. So people can't tell me that you and Borg wouldn't have been great in this era because I know that you would have been. Well, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is uh, with, what, with what's going on now uh, and, and playing in front of no crowds, you know, the crowd is what made that event for me, the noise. Uh, oh, I, yeah. That, that is something that I, I tried to get, and I've said this before, you know, throughout the course of my whole career, and it took me 20 years to finally hear that sound. Yeah, and and it, right. and and to to have had that and, and to have heard that, and and now to to watch the open, you're going to see some some great shots, some great tennis from from some great athletes, and with with no feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yep. so you know, so how it's going to be like a practice? It's like yeah, it's going to be like a practice, isn't it? It's going to feel that way. It's it it's it, the tennis will look the same, but it will not feel the same. And it will not sound the same. Right. I, I make people laugh all the time. And I've told my sons about this. Um, to me, the first time the U.S. Open ever made the sound that would continue in Louis Armstrong Stadium through all the years when it was the main court. And you, <laughs> I'm just having fun remembering this stuff. You hit a <laughs> shot around the post against Panada the first year that they were in. Uh, Louis Armstrong Stadium and in the national and and I I remember thinking that day tennis is never going to sound the same here ever again and not only is it not going to sound like that this year it's not going to sound like anything it's yeah. it's it's going to sound like when I go out in a back court and you were you were coaching Roddick at the time and the two of you would be hitting and actually there was more noise there because people would come ring the practice court to watch you hit with him. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I like, uh, you know, but, but it, I look at this uh, and, and in one way I'm saying, let's have the tournament, have it, you know, and, and, and have a champion. And, and, and then the, the other side of me says, you know, what we've been talking about that uh, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's better to let it go because, you know, the, guy, the, the players, the men and the women who are going in there, they're, they're going to have to sign something, aren't they? You know, to oh yeah, they signed something. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. they signed something. Uh, they signed their uh, lives away. A liability. They've got to sign a liability. They did. Some kind of liability piece of paper. They did, right? Yeah. Well, after after early, they got asked this early. All right, and they were like, "Hey, Stacy Allister, are you gonna are you gonna have them sign some sort of liability thing? You know, if you're gonna have the open." And early on, they were like, "No, no, no, we're not gonna have them sign anything." And then, sure enough, you know, when the players get there. They're signing their life away. They're saying right. if, if something happens during these next two or three weeks while they're at the National Tennis Center and they contract COVID 
And and even if it, some, something doesn't happen now, like if two, three years from now, they de- develop some sort of heart condition because of it or lung condition or whatever, they can't sue them. They're completely covered. They have, they have, no, they have total, you know, uh, they've signed their, their rights away. Their family can't do anything. Their spouses can't do anything. I read through it last night. It's, it's pretty extensive. They, they kind of <laughs> signed everything away. Uh, you know, you asked me if I'd play. I don't know if I'd want to play under those conditions. And, no, and, and, and I, to have I, that I, on top you, of me too. I hadn't even thought about that till Brett took us through it. And no, I'm I'm telling you. And when when you see Major League Base, there's a kid who pitches for the Red Sox, Eduardo Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who now has has heart issues because right. he came down with, with with COVID. And it's a question of what are you willing to risk to get? You know, it's the old cor- the line from a chorus line: "Singers got to sing, dancers got to dance." Except you don't got to. You don't got to do this, okay? And I always think back to Sugar Ray Leonard, who went back to boxing after surgery for a detached retina because he was willing to take the risk of being blind in one eye to keep boxing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was insane, but I've never been as good at something as he was at boxing. Mm -hmm. Except maybe writing. (laughs) Well, <laughs> you've, pro- sure. you've proven that you've proven that well it's, the part that's crazy is it's like i mean it's a, it's an unknown disease you know it's not like you're i don't know like you know if you get the flu and oh it's just the flu i'll sign it away you know, i mean this is something that nobody knows what it is really yet what the long-term ramifications of getting it are i don't know if you saw but you know a couple months ago when djokovic had the adria tour when you know he got sick uh, chorich got sick dimitrov got sick Oh God! Demi- oh no! I did followed you, that very closely. Did you, yeah. did, did you see Dimitrov when he came back, like two, three weeks later or whatever, to play in one of those other small exhibition tournaments? He didn't look good. I mean, he looks really skinny. He looked like you know, like he had lost weight, obviously over prob- probably over the sickness, and you know, he didn't play very well. So you know, who knows what the long term effects of getting this disease are? So to sign something that what just- the hell was Djokovic, Brett and Jim? <laughs> what the hell was Djokovic thinking? Putting that tournament on, when I turned on the tennis channel that day, and I saw all those people in the stands, I thought, oh, what, what, did they play this in 2018? Did they, <laughs> it's did like they some time warp, I, right? I, <laughs> but yeah. I said, they can't possibly be packing those people in, in this world right now. And they were, and then, well, you saw the result of it. Yeah. Well, not even that. No masks in the audience. And they had a kid's day. You know, they had ball kids, you know, they were playing doubles and then, and then, you know, uh, during the night in between the matches, they, they would, they were going out to clubs. I mean, the, the video of Taking them. Taking off their shirt and yeah. partying and dancing. Twisting I mean, it around the their head like a helicopter. They were twisting their shirt around. Like, <laughs> it's like, what do you do? Like, come on, man. Like a, l- a little bit of tact. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, Mike, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're signing this, uh, this waiver, uh, this liability. And, and right, then, then you right. go and, and what, what, what's, what's going to happen here now if uh, they're, they're through the first week and, and they're testing the players and all of a sudden uh, Serena or, or uh, Novak and they, they, they take their temperature and they've got uh, yeah. 100.3. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the standard is 100.4 because I, I got the, the, the restrictions and all that stuff in my packet. So every day they test you, you have to fill out the, like the card saying, you know, if you feel okay, you're ready to work, blah, blah, blah. And then they right. test, they test your temperature. Mm-hmm. And so the number they've given is 100.4. 
So you have to have, I guess, either below 100.4 or 100.4 and below. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what happens if the semifinals come along? Serena's in the semifinals or the finals. She's going for number 24. Everyone wants her to get it. They want her to get it because so many people are tired of Margaret Court and all the drama that surrounds her. They'd rather they'd rather have. <laughs> yeah. They want Serena to hold the title. You know that everybody wants it. ESPN wants it so that nobody has to actually write anything. It's almost already written for them. What happens if she shows? Right. What happens if she shows up and she has a hundred point five temperature? What are they going to do? Make it the finals, Brett. Make yeah. it the finals. What are they going to do? Djokovic is sitting on on number eighteen. Okay. He's sitting on number 18 and thinking, you know what? I can go to Paris at the end of the month and tie Nadal, and he tests positive the night before the finals. Mm -hmm. Now, do they – all right, here's a question. Do they then turn it into a walkover, or yeah. do they postpone the final so that he – to give him a better chance to win? Well, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I guess uh, they're having the tournament with no fans or whatever. They can make any rules they want, right? Yeah. Right. It's going to be right. interesting to see what rules on the fly they change. You know, like what things that are going to come up or pop up. Because like, yesterday or two days ago, Guido Paya's uh, physio, I don't know if you saw this, but you know, you know, he's a top 30, 40 player. Guido Paya made the semis, I think, at, at Wimbledon a couple years ago. Good player. Physio tests positive. And so he's been in contact with Paya and another player. So now those two players are, are, are quarantined. What happens right. if Djokovic is physio or something test positive or, Seri or, or Patrick Martogalou with Serena test positive and he's been in close contact with Serena and it's the night of the finals? What are they going to do? There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do all of it. We streamline hiring with powerful tools. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you match candidates. And with Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the very moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. The thing I like most about Indeed is their hiring platform. They give me all the candidates at my fingertips, and they do all the searching and the hard work for me. Then I can just sit back and pick the right people for the job. Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Connors. This offer is only good for a limited time. Claim your $75 job credit now at Indeed.com slash Connors. Just go to Indeed.com slash Connors and support the show, Advantage Connors, by saying you heard it here first. That helps us a lot. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? Well, then you need Indeed. You guys have raised a, a, a point that I've been raising with other sports, where people say, "Let them play, let them play," okay. But what if the but what if the first two guys to test positive when they got to the bubble for the NBA had been James Harden and LeBron? What what would have happened then? Okay, mm -hmm. do they say, "Okay, we're going to just take LeBron out of?" What would they have done? I, I always say, "What happens when it happens to your biggest stars?" Okay, that. I mean, Djokovic, you know, tested positive way back when he had the boneheaded tournament. Okay, but you're right. They're good. If they if they somehow make it 
to the last weekend, if they just somehow make it to the last weekend, you think they won't be holding their breath when when they you know they put the thing on their forehead as they're yeah. walking into the joint every day. Either and, that, and either that, or we'll up. never know. Yeah, or we'll, they'll take the batteries out of it when they're doing it just to make sure that they, oh, it looks good to me, looks clear. Get out out there, boys. Yeah, you, you know, a, 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 you you bring up that comparison, Mike, with uh, t- you know, LeBron or, or Harden, and You're right. you know, but but ten, but tennis is a one on one. You know, if you if you take uh, you know you don't want to take LeBron out, you don't want to take Harden out, but but still you have a team. Yeah, they can at least still carry right. you if you right. have to miss a few games. Yeah, if you miss a few games, but but you know in tennis you're you it's you and that's you, that's it. You know, so if, if it doesn't happen and and he's, he's in the semis or the finals, then you know you're right. Is it a walkover? Do they? postpone it you know come back after the french you know and and uh, you know play the semis in the finals of the it, it's uh, it's crazy you know, the 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 schedule and you know what's happened the french has you know changed dates three times now and now it's at the end of september and and uh, you know what's happened to uh, what what this covid virus has done you know to, to you know to tennis and in the sport uh, of sports world has just been you know incredible i i, I just i've never seen anything like it and we've talked about this before, and, and I'm telling you, Djokovic isn't anywhere new, near New York City for the U.S. Open unless he's sitting where he sits in the standings for major championships, okay? And I have a feeling Serena is, is the same way. Mm-hmm. And, Brett, your dad and I have talked about this many times. This obsession with major championships did not exist when it was him and Borg and McEnroe, and, and it kind of changed with Pete, okay? It kind of changed with Pete, but in those days, yeah, did they want to win majors? They wanted to win them in the worst way, but the, this obsession with these numbers, with mm-hmm. the, particularly with these three guys, it just didn't exist back in the day because they didn't get rich if they won a couple of majors. They're just trying to earn a living and get space in the sports section. And to me, that's the single greatest change that I have seen in the last 20 years in, in this sport. Yeah. Well, I was actually talking to pops the other day about it. I mean, it's, it's funny because the reason, you know, people didn't pay as much attention and other tournaments were bigger is one of them is because the Australian open was like such kind of not a, not a good tournament. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't even a track. And it was at Christmas time. It was yeah. at Christmas time. Over Christmas and New Year's, a Grand Slam. And I, I think your father can testify to the fact I've never been there. Kuyong Stadium wasn't exactly one of the garden spots of uh, the, the, the the tennis map. And then what they do? They moved it. They made it the year's first major. They they built this amazing facility there. And now. You guys hear this? It's, it's great now. That they yeah. say that's their favorite major yeah, right. now. Right, yeah. and and uh, you know, I was down there when I was with uh, with Andy Roddick, and and it is, it's, it's great. A, it's a spectacular facility. They've, you know, they put it right in the middle of downtown Melbourne, and and uh, you know, every all the action around it, the hotels and the gambling and and uh, the restaurants and everything. They they've made it in into you know a premier event, and and uh, you know, but you know, but back in the day. But yeah, that's why I think it's easy for everyone to be like, it's about slams because the slams now cater to like the top players. Oh, you don't like it? You know, we'll move it back a week. You know, like what can we do to make it easier for you to play? You know, and then back then they're like, fuck off. It's on Christmas. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like it's over Christmas and New Year's. You got to make the decision. 
The only reason I'm glad they flipped the calendar, Jim, is because the, the one of two 1977 Australian Open champions was our pal Vita. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's true. Exactly. Yep. And yeah. a five-set thriller over Lloydie. <laughs> over John Lloyd. <laughs> at least he got on the board, you know, and it was so wonderful that it happened to him at least once. But yeah, no, it's, it's, again, it's not just the equipment. It's not just the conditioning. It's the priorities have changed for the, for the top guys. Okay. I'm not talking about the guys in the middle, the middle class still trying to earn a living and, and being able to earn a spectacular living. But, um, the middle class guys, you know why they are the ones who are going to show up in Flushing Meadow in a few weeks to play for the U.S. Open because there's going to be a lot of guys thinking if if Djokovic is just positive or he stumbles, I can grab a U.S. Open. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, totally. that's a, that's a good point, and and uh, you know that, but that you know, but then you still see guys like Kyrgios who needs one. You know, he, he would, uh, you know, for him, I mean. He's, yeah, I was a little surprised he didn't want to come play. Yeah. I mean, he's been really vocal about the safety and all the precautions, which has been really cool. But he seems like a guy who would have really benefited from this situation. You know, a couple of the main guys not there. And, you know, maybe he gets hot with that great serve. And, you know, I don't know. But it would have been cool for him to be here. Hey, forget about, Brett, forget about how weird it's going to be with the Open. How about, do we call it Cincinnati? Do we right. call it Cincinnati? Ohio comes to New York. <laughs> what are we actually? What are we calling this thing? Yeah, are they going to really have like graphics that say Cincinnati and then bring it in over a New York scenic? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's yeah, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be absurd. I guess what they're doing that for that though is they're they're only playing in the grandstand. So the Ash and Armstrong are closed uh, for Cincinnati. They're they're making the, uh, the grandstand the center court. And then the grandstand won't be used during the U.S. Open. Right, right. A little, a little smaller, and yeah, and I guess to try and kind of separate separate them a everything. Bit yeah, get yeah. a little more individuality. But but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Even though it's as diminished as we all agree, it's still got a chance to make people watch tennis over those two weeks of of the Open. I'm, Imagine if the Open had been played when they were starting golf, and you know, if they, imagine if they'd had a major at the time that golf came get because of the ones of, of all the sports right now. And, and, uh, you know, I'm a golfer. Your dad's a golfer, Brett. The one that's worked the best is golf. Oh yeah. I mean, golf has been great every single week. We were talking before we started today, that kid, Scotty Scheffler shot a 59 at the Northern trust. <laughs> uh, he birdied the, he the last he made the birdie. But every, yeah, but every week, Every week, there's been a good story in golf, and that is one sport. I, I don't know about you guys. I don't miss the galleries. I, no. I just, I just, I watch it to watch the shot making, and I love the stories. But that's the difference between golf and now Tiger. Uh, you know, Tiger. And the crowds came to Tiger the way they used to come to you, Jim. But, but I mean, I, I think of that putty made to beat Rocco Media at that time, it wouldn't have been quite the same right. if when he started pumping his arms, all you could hear was, all right! And that was the only thing you could hear. Yeah. But but has, hasn't that, uh, you know, let, let's stay with golf for a second, and, and because I, I, I like watching the golf too, and, and uh, uh, trying to learn a little bit along the way and, and hopefully get my game better. But uh, uh, the, the young man who just uh, won the PGA, uh, uh, Morikawa? Oh, boy. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, having no crowd there, did that help him? In your opinion? Yes. 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 I'll, I'll tell you where it helps. 
uh, here's why I think it helps a kid trying to win his first big one. First okay. of all, he played he played unbelievable. Let's give him credit where credits due. He played oh yeah he played un- eagle on the, on the he back. He played unbelievable golf and and uh, and and he looks like a genuine uh, just a, a good young man. Uh, and, you know, and I'm I'm very happy. But uh, you know, having no crowd there and and uh, you know the pressure of, of of hitting a shot in front of twenty thousand, maybe playing with Tiger or or Phil or, or having that that uh, you know that noise and that energy and everything coming down i mean uh, tell tell me your thoughts on that mike and uh, whether you think oh. that, that was good uh, good that it was like that or or not so i think it helped him i think it helped him not to hear a roar from in front of him or behind him mm-hmm. and and wonder before he saw the scoreboard what the heck just happened okay something just something good just happened to somebody i'm trying to be i'll give you another example uh, as bad as Tom Brady played in those opening holes when he was out there with, with Peyton and, and Mickelson and Woods, I think he and Peyton, as much as they had done in their sports, I think they were helped by not having a gallery that day because as great as they had been in football, I think a, a gallery would have scared the shit out of them right. as they're trying to play golf with Phil and, and Tiger. Uh, you know, to, you know, to to hear you say that, and and you're right. As great as they were playing under that kind of pressure, uh, you know. But once again, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this again. Uh, they that's a team sport, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And and uh, you know, if you're out there on golf, that camera is on you. On tennis, that camera is on you. You know, to to come through and perform. I'm saying that because you know I played tennis, and 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 I felt that um, extra pressure. You know, of knowing that oh. you know that if uh, the you know if my if, if my game sucked, you know that you know I I couldn't I couldn't hide. It it was just oh. it was all me. Jim, you're a hundred. Listen, I've played golf since I was nine years old. Okay, and I you know I can still get it around a little bit, but mm-hmm. in the middle of that match, in the middle of that match, Archie Manning's a pal of mine. And, and Peyton was doing okay, and it was before Brady holed out that wedge shot, okay? Right. And I, any golfer, any golfer, whether they're Tom Brady or you or me, knows that when you're trying to find your game, when you're on the course and you're chopping it around, you feel completely defenseless. And now you factor in, they know what the television audience is going to be. Mm-hmm. If, there had been a, uh, if there had been a gallery that day, it, Brady might never have come out of it. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, I love watching. Uh, uh, we had a, uh, yeah, opportunity. Uh, uh, Mr. Gary Player uh, was in Santa Barbara uh, for a month, and and uh, I had the opportunity to meet him and and, and play around to golf with him, and um, uh, had some really good conversations. And uh, uh, on every hole, Mike, there, he had a different story for every hole, which was, you know, I, I couldn't get close enough just to hear, you know, what he was saying, and and I I asked him, I said. I said, uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been out of tennis for a while. I said, you know, I, I love going to golf because it gives me that sense of, of uh, competitiveness and trying to get better and trying to learn just to, you know, to keep what I did with tennis alive in me. And, you know, football players go to golf. Baseball players go to golf. Uh, hockey players go to golf. I said, where do golfers go? And, and he looked me straight in the eyes and he says, to the grave. 
And, 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 <laughs> That's and, a great line. And, oh, and, my God. And, and it was great because he's 85 years old, Mike, and, and hits the ball magnificently and, and, you know, is still in great shape and, and, and all that. But, he, you know, he says, you know, you guys all want to come to play what I've been playing my whole life. And and it's right. and it's true. Right. And, and it was uh, you know it was a it, it was a, an amazing experience to spend uh, to spend the day with him like that. All and, right, let me let me flip this for you, okay? After after playing in front of the loudest crowds in the history of tennis, I assume that it, along the way you have played pro am golf in front of galleries, right? Yeah, I have. Yes. And what was that like? For you, out of your own comfort, and I know you can play because we played together. But what was it like for you being out of your comfort zone? Well, of, of course, it's nerve wracking, you know. You know, but uh, going up and, and trying to get all of that out of your mind and concentrating and, and on the only thing that you have to do, and that's to to try to hit a good shot. You know, for me, was was a little different, uh, and and I kind of like that because. You know, my tennis, uh, I, I never concentrated for the three, uh, you know, for the three hours or four hours I was out there. I was talking and looking around and, you know, ha- you know having, you know, my, my conversations with the crowd. So my concentration would come and go and, and focus. Uh, God, I hate that word. I'll never use that word again. Uh, 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 I hate that, you know, but, but I, I would, I would, you know, uh, zone in you know only when the ball was in play so it was a little easy easier for me to hit the ball and then walk and and then you know try to figure things out along the way you know but uh i i i liked being put or i still like being put in uncomfortable situations because i was with my tennis also uh, you know, trying right. to figure out right. how to how to win and and uh, you know come back from you know playing a guy that was bigger, stronger, faster, and you know had, did everything better than me, and still trying to figure out a way to win, whether I did or I didn't, and and that's kind of the way I feel about golf. I played in a pro, not a pro am once, but I played in this charity thing, and Phil Sims and me, and Sergio Garcia was on the first tee with us. Okay. Nice. And it's finally my time to hit. And I'm thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Okay. Cause <laughs> I had, I had rejected all opportunities to play pro-am golf because I just did not want to put myself in that situation. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, I got up on the first tee and Sergio is about 10 feet away from me. And I, I believe I closed my eyes and hit the best drive <laughs> of my life. And wanted to just get into my car and go home and retire from golf at that point. <laughs> well, well, let me, let me ask you: uh, are, are you where, where are you right now? Are you going to be in uh, in the New York area, or, or and uh, you'll you'll be able to feel the vibe, right, of, of the U.S. Oh yeah, Open? I'm I'm out on Long Island. I don't think I will go in there. I, I don't. I you know I just I, I it's it's it's. It'd be a long drive for me. And again, I, it's, it's, even though they never had a, a, an official press box at Arthur Ashe Stadium, I, you know, I'd go hang with the ushers. I'd go sit in the stands. I'd sit in somebody's box. And, and, and I have to tell you, I have to tell you, yes, I will watch it on television. And, and for the first time in my life, I will not miss being on the ground. 
That's it, and, and you've and you've covered it since uh, Forest Hills days. Which... Seventy three, seventy three. Sen- the first time I ever saw you play was was at Forest Hills. I saw Pancho Gonzalez play that same year. It's the one and only time I ever saw him play in person. He played Tom Ocker. It was great. Right. Well, you know, we've uh, you've covered you know, tennis for a long time, and and uh, you know, we we've we've become buddies, uh, and and over the years, and you know, uh, far beyond the tennis. Uh, and yes. and because uh, yeah. I, I I'm I'm going to bring this up because uh, you brought up 91 and and after I, I played Aaron in that Aaron Crickstein in that match and uh, I was exhausted and I was walking around the grandstand court at the time uh, and and uh, I, I could barely move and there's only one guy that I wanted you know that that I wanted to talk to and 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 that was you and and the reason I well, bring, and the reason I bring that up Mike is is because you were the only guy that that I that that I I could I felt that I could walk around at that time and not have to worry about uh being on <laughs> yeah you I, I I know I know I know exactly what you mean and here's the thing you were almost you were cramping up and and Brett I'll tell you the story Billy Talbert, who ran the Open in those days, my, my wife went with me that day, and we were sitting in his box in the first row of the stands. There's a point in that match where you see Jimmy lean into the stands, and he's talking away. Well, he's talking to me because he just hit this great shot, and he said, how the F am I doing? And I said, I think you're doing fine. Whatever you're doing, just continue doing that because I think you know, I think it's, 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 it's going to be fine. Now the match ends. The match ends. It's his birthday. They sung happy birthday. He walks past the box and he said, come on, I can't stop because you were cramping up. Right. And you're right. We went into, we went over to the grandstand court and you, it's almost like you were walking laps because you were afraid. And yeah, I knew what I could use and what I couldn't use. And I knew that this was part of the story of the day, but you knew that I knew that this was a little different than you sitting in the interview room and me asking you questions. Right. Right. Well, uh, you know, the, you know, our, our, our relationship, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I've read your books, uh, you know, I've, I've followed you, you know, when you were writing for the paper and, and you guys weren't always buddies though, were you? <laughs> no, start no, off in a good foot or? we're talking about 45 years you know what think of it as a think of it as a marriage brett okay we've we've, we've had our good times and our bad times okay Some ups but, and downs. but i'll tell you what for the last 40 years they've all they've been all good times nice shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whenever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, all AI-powered all-star. Your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you all the tools you need necessary to take control of your business and get it to that next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash connors, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash Connors now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Connors. You know, you, you, you saw the transition from, uh, you know, from Forest Hills uh, on the grass, uh, the, you know, the, the little clubhouse that we'd walk across the grass <laughs> down to the stadium, the, tra- right. the tradition at the time. And then, uh, then you m- mentioned his name, Slew Hester, you know, got this great idea. Uh, he says, you know, uh, I think you guys have outgrown the stadium. You know, I, I want to build yep. this, this other place over in Queens at Flushing Meadows. And, and so you saw the transition. Uh, did you like that transition? Well, I yeah. loved it. Let me tell you what, I loved him. There was a confluence of events then, okay? It became, and you know this, Jim, it became a real sports event. It wasn't, everything you'd always said, it wasn't supposed to be a, a, a country club sport. It was supposed to feel like sports. And, and that old man from Mississippi, they said, you can't get it built in a year. And he said, yes, I can. And yes, he did. And it opened up and, and you know, that I, 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 you had, I think that was the same year of the master. Am I right about this? When you said you may not always like me, but I like you to the crowd at Madison Square Garden. And, and that was the beginning of you becoming the people's champ out in Flushing. I loved it. I, that, I kept looking around and I said, this is the way tennis should be. We took it. Somebody once said this about Lee Trevino. He took golf out of the parking lot and, and, and you know, and made it a mainstream thing. Okay. Mm, right. We took tennis then out of the country club and gave it over to the people. And guess what? The people never had to give it back. Well, uh, I, I hope they still feel that way, you know, because, you know, being a part of, you know, uh, sports at that time. And, you know, you, you, and you mentioned this earlier that, you know, we, we were fighting for every match because we were looking for that little space on the front page. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and, and to be a part of sports back, back then, uh, you know, I, I consider myself very lucky because of the, the great, uh, athletes and the great in, in all sports, you know, from Ali to, you know, Gretzky to uh, Joe Montana to, you know, Michael Jordan. I mean, these are all guys who are, you know, could have been a little later than me or a little before me, you know, Pancho Gonzalez with tennis and, and, you know, all the great Australians and, and the guys who laid the groundwork for me you know, to, to, to have an opportunity to go out and, and to play and, and to be a part of, a, of, of taking tennis to another level, you know, and, 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 all, and then all the guys that I played with, you know, the characters. From, oh, God. Yeah, yep, yep. It almost seemed like uh, you guys had, like, graduated from Forest Hills. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, you had outgrown it. That has this soft feel, like it had the grass. And then, like, you know, Flushing's concrete. It's big. It's more, it's bigger. It's like a bigger stage. It's, you know, ready for the big time. Mm-hmm. It sounded like New York City traffic from the beginning over there, okay? And, and, and again, it's, it's, that's why... I, that noise, it, it, you know, for, for those of us who were down there in that stadium in that time, we're going to mourn the loss of that noise this year. Yeah. With with with, with what's going on in, in uh, with the tournament now and no fans, uh, 
to me, the walk from the from the locker room to the center court was uh, was was one of the best parts of it all because you yeah. you got a feel for the event. You got a feel for the fans. You know, come on, Jimmy, or screw you, Jimmy. You know, I'm rooting for Macron. I'm rooting for Borg. You know, you know, and, and yeah. you know, but but to me, you know, you can't hold that stuff personally. You know, it, it that that's what got me fired up. But that was one of the coolest things I thought about the tournament. It, it, to me, it was yeah. it, exactly. They let the people in, made them feel close to you. It had that like fight, that, that that you know, a main event fight where the fighters walk to the ring, and then they take That's it away. Exactly, Brett. I was just—you took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what it was like. You know, when you see the the handlers with their hands on his shoulders as he yeah. walked towards the ring, that was what it was like. Yep. And then and then now, so it'd be like the equivalent of taking that away from boxing, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you just see the fighters in the ring. They would just appear there. You know what I mean? Like how lame that would be compared to watching him walk from the locker room and seeing him, you know, the guy, his trainer rub on his back while he's warming up, walking through the crowd. I mean, there's something cool about that and felt almost stupid that they didn't try and kind of hold on to that or, or keep a piece of that, you know, even when they transitioned to the new stadium. Yeah, not, not only have they lost that in the new stadium, but now they're going to lose that completely with, uh, with the tournament the way it is now. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it seems like it's just a giant cash grab. Like, you know, the, the players are only kind of playing for money for the most part unless they happen to improve on their showing last year. You know, they're only putting it on because they want to try and get this ESPN money. You know, like, what, like what, are, they, what are they willing to compromise to have this event? You know, like the rankings part of it is weird. So, like, you know, uh, whoever wins this year is going to have 2,000 points to defend next year. But so is Nadal. Right. So they're both going to be defending 2,000 points next year. And it seems like what they're really trying to do is they want to try and get as many tournaments under their belt so that they can have the year-end championship. Both the Yeah, yeah no, Brett, Brett. My oldest son, Chris, uh, who, you know, he's another guy who's made me smarter. About, he was talking about college football the other day. And he said, all these college presidents, all these commissioners, all these guys, all they've ever really done is opened up the stadiums and cash checks, yeah. okay, and let the money roll in. Middlemen. Now they're actually asked to lead, and most of them don't know what to do. And I feel tennis is in the same boat. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're going to see a lot of things change here, you know, or, or how things are handled over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be, you know, for me, it's going to be an interesting view. Well, I think a lot of it is, I don't think people understand what, what goes on. They, WTA and the ATP need to have their year-end championships. Yeah, exactly. They'll do almost anything anything to have these championships so yeah. they'll they'll yeah. they'll they'll promise points and this and that and come on that's why they inserted kitzbühel kitzbühel is a, a, two, a 250 <laughs> tournament that they've inserted during the united states open so they that's just another way for guys to get some more points for the race at the end of the year we used to get fined if we played two tournaments in the same week yeah <laughs> but so they want to have the year-end championship because that's the only event that the tour owns that's the only event they own. On all the other events, they're just essentially middlemen. They're, they're a rules committee. They take dues. You know, they're not allowed to get too much of a surplus because then the, the members will be like, why do you have so much money? And they're not allowed to have too much debt. They'll be like, why are you losing money? So they kind of hover. And then the way they pay for it all is their year-end championships. And mm. so it's going to be mm -hmm. interesting because the men's, it's in London, I think, for one more year. But the women is in Asia. I think it's Shenzhen. And Asia shut down all the women's tournaments. So the women make almost the majority of their money on the year from their Asian swing after the U.S. Open. 
And so now they've come out and said there's no tennis in Asia. So what are they going to do? How are they going to make sure that they have their year-end championship so that they can make sure that they make their money? Uh, well, here's my question, and I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you or your dad does. I know that baseball as an industry, because of no fans, is going to lose about $3 billion this year. What is the bottom line? I, don't, I wonder what the bottom line financial hit is for tennis. Well, I that, that I, I can't answer that, but uh, you know, since uh, you know Brett brought up, uh, you know, what are they going to do for their year-end championships? Uh, I, I don't know. What would you think better? I mean, you know, you well, I mean, the men is in London, so yeah. as long as there's something, something doesn't change with travel restrictions, I mean, they'll probably be okay to have it. And the men have more tournaments lined up. It's the women that are going to have to try and figure out how to have more events, what they're going to do after the Open to try and accumulate the points to have the year-end title, right? So, I mean, I think if if they're smart and they really want to do it, why don't you look at Indian Wells, California? Give Ray Moore a call. You know, give yeah. Larry Ellison a call. They have the whole. Ray, you mean bring Ray Moore out of the penalty box? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is he allowed to come out? Yeah. Uh, but 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 they have the <laughs> they have the facilities down there. You know, and then you know you don't have to have fans. You could keep it. You know, just essentially all they want to do is have these events so they can cash checks. They don't even care who wins or what it is. They just want to have the event so they can say they had the event so they can cash the checks. Yeah, but didn't, didn't uh, you know, I, I kind of agree with that because it is a great place to play, but didn't uh, Larry Ellison say that no more events there until uh, a vaccine? He did. They he were did. the first ones. They were the first ones to get banged, right? Yeah, that, that was right. the first domino to fall. We, were, we were down there. We we drove down there the the night that it came out that uh, <laughs> that they was getting shut down and they were canceling the event. He did. Zach say, was getting ready to go down. Yeah, Zach yeah. was getting ready to go down. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did come out and say that, but you, I mean, you never know. It might be worth revisiting, just you know, with the dollar signs involved. Or yeah, the, Jim. Let's <laughs> just say, let's just say for the Larry Ellisons of the world and all the other big shots. In tennis, all of these situations are extremely fluid when they start to lose money. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. the right. It's a different viewing factor, right? Yeah. I right. Just, I just right. think it, it's interesting because you think about I mean, they come out and they say things like, oh, you know, we want to have the tournament for the good of the game and, and this and that. And it's like, nah, dude, it, this is for money. Right. You know, yeah. this is all for money. You can dress it up as much as you want. This is to get the ESPN money. This is to get sponsors. I mean, they just signed. So they came out and said, you know, we're not going to make as much money this year because of the fans, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But they just signed another deal with another corporation. They signed on Chubb Insurance to like a multi-year sponsorship deal just two or three days ago. So they're continuing to bring on money and sponsorships. Are they going right. to uh, open up the prize money now that they have more money coming in? You know, like it's just this weird thing. Like how much money are they really making yeah. off of this tournament? I don't, I don't know if we'll ever right. know that. You never know that, do you? Mike? We may never know. Yeah. We may never no, but you know who knows? Those guys do. Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> because, because no matter, Jim, you know this, no matter how much money they have, they will arm wrestle you for another $20. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, you know what they're going to oh, do. Man. Like instead of instead of realizing that the deal for the players is terrible, you know, like this, which is kind of what this is pointed out. Next year, what they'll probably say is, well, you know, we have to make up for last year's losses, and you know, we have a deficit. You know, they'll BS right. even yeah. more to try and make the deal bad. So I think that's just interesting to to look at it. That it's everything is money. When you ask any question about any of these next three or four weeks, just answer money because yeah, yeah. Follow, the players are playing money. for money. Yeah. I mean, except for two or three people, like like you said, Serena and Djokovic. I think that if Serena or Djokovic wins in five years, there's no asterisk. 
because you know they, they've won 18 they've won 24 they're they're good they're winning anyway mm-hmm. but i think if somebody like zverev pops up and wins here and it's his first slam then it's more of an asterisk because it's the like bottom the bottom line in all ways goes back my dear friend william goldman who died a couple of years ago he wrote butch cassidy and the princess bride and he wrote the movie of all the president's men and he came up with one of the great lines ever Everybody thought it was Woodward and Bernstein who wrote the book. It wasn't. He wrote it for the screenplay, and it was simply this. Follow the money. (laughs) Follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yep. That's all. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I think we can still squeeze you into the qualies, Jim. If I don't know, you know. <laughs> don't know. Don't do that. <laughs> I've, 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 I've had I've had enough pain. It's an it's enough, Mike. But, but but I will but I will take two shots aside from you. I will take that. If you're willing oh, to here we that. go. Here, you know what? Here we go. Here uh, we go. I, I travel with my club, son, and and uh, we're we're going to have to get back on the golf course. I, I miss uh, I miss hanging with you, and and I'm. I miss playing golf, and and, and most of all, I, I miss uh, sitting in a box with you and and, uh, and talking about tennis and and uh, and your thoughts on it because you, for years and years and years, have been really uh, you know a, a promoter of the game and a lover of the game, and and uh, you uh, along with uh, you know a lot of the other guys and a lot of the players from you know from years and years ago, even way before me, have have worked hard to make this game uh, great and uh, let's just hope it stays that way right i loved i loved every minute of it and and the only thing we got to focus our attention on now even though because i can use the word focus is we we got to get brett connors and you know how about a connors and lupica show on tennis channel what about that i I mean wouldn't wouldn't everything have then come full circle jimmy yeah i love it i tune in i tune (laughs) into that i think we could have some fun doing that but uh, one and they'd get good guests like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, we could get you guys on anytime. Well, question just just because you said you guys are talking about the you know the the health of the game. Um, like for the last fifteen years, almost anybody could have run tennis, right? I mean, you've had Djokovic, yeah, Federer, that's Nadal, what I was saying about Serena, they didn't have to do Venus. anything. Yep. they could yep. have tripped and fallen forward with this group of people. Yep. So now yep. it's going to be interesting once they start retiring or now that you see a little like drama or something, you know, not smooth sailing. It's going to see like, can these people actually do the things that they're being paid so much money to do? You it's know what I said to you? Yeah. Now they're actually asked to lead. But the best thing that could happen to tennis, and I'm not just talking about international tennis. I'm talking about tennis around the world, especially with, the, you know, the last great American champion, Serena, getting ready to leave the stage. We need another Connors, another McEnroe, another Sampras. If the best player in the world, I'm talking about the best men's player, nothing against women's tennis, I love women's tennis. If the best men's player in the world can be a dynamic, gotta watch him, Tiger Woods type American player, it will make all the difference for this sport. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that, and and you know to to go out and and uh, have the game to back up his his uh, his words, correct? Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, so that, would, that to me that's the game changing thing that needs to happen in tennis, and that we've gone this long without an American major champion, it's unfathomable. It is. Yeah, I think I was talking to pops about this before. It shows you how dependent tennis is on having a good American man. A presence oh. just because like when you think about it the women's game the last 15 years 
is super healthy. You know what I mean? You have Serena, yep. 23 slams. Venus, seven slams. Sloane Stevens, a slam. Uh, Madison Keys, a slam finalist. Kinnon, Sophia Kinnon's is a 22, 23-year-old girl, just won Australia. You have Coco Golf, yep. the next phenom. So the women's side, yep. I mean, if, if the women mirrored, if the men mirrored the women, can you imagine the success of tennis in, in the United States right now? I will love watching Coco Golf's journey, okay? But we need a Coco on the men's side. That's what we need. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the one question I want to ask him is how do, how, uh, what, what needs to be done to go about that? You know better than me. We've had this conversation. If you, you've often told me all the things you would do if they made you king of the world in tennis, but nobody's doing them. Well, uh, <laughs> king of the world. Uh, I, listen, I had a good run being being at the top when I was out there, able to do it and, and play at that level. And and uh, you know now now it, it's you know but some you're you're right though, and and uh, the, the the step up of, of somebody coming and and uh, and and making it possible for this to happen. I mean, but there, there's too many layers that you have to go through. Yes, I know. I know, Jim. I know. And let me tell you something else. To, to just put a bow on everything we talked about today, okay? As great as it would be to have Serena win number 24 at this Open, it would be better for Coco Golf to win number one. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, that, that's... I mean, Serena's that's, great. That, we already know she's great. Yeah, we know she's great, but that that's the future, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're basically yep. now, uh, this year is a year to start betting on the future. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, the future. And this girl uh, has star quality. Yep. She's got star quality. You either have it or you don't. She's got it. And, and what do you think about that part of it? Just to go back a little bit. Just what about? We like to talk some gambling here on the show. You know, because Dad's had a little fun gambling. He got me into it at about four or five years old. So <laughs> I've carried that burden my whole life. But uh, what do you think about like the gambling element in tennis? I mean, for so long it's been shunned and people kind of want to keep it hidden away and, and they don't want to talk about it and match fixing and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at all the other sports, it's coming in, it's becoming, a, it's a huge money maker for other sports if they handle it correctly. How do you feel about tennis and gambling? And, and even with the U S open with people not having the same incentive this year, are they going to try as hard? Is that something that's going to be ripe for gamblers to take advantage of? I, I, I have to tell you in full disclosure, I know less about gambling than almost any adult male <laughs> that you could ever talk to. And I know that across my sports writing career, I always could tell who in the press box had a bet on the game they were watching. And I never did because I didn't want to, it to influence the way I was looking at it. I always wanted to root for the best story and not the story that would make me money. So mm-hmm. I, I, I hate to give you a non-answer, but I'm an idiot about that stuff. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait and see what happens. But you, you one, been... one more. One okay, more question. go ahead. Just because he's covered tennis for, you know, 50 years and you guys have been friends this whole time. Who do you like out of, yep. the, out of the crop of the next gen? Tennis has been in good hands for a long time. Who do you see of these next guys, the Sitsipasas, the Zverev, the teams, you know, these kind of guys, uh, you know, Felix, uh, Ali, uh, Ali these guys, who do you like out of them to maybe pick up the mantle and carry I, it? Listen, after, after watching the last U.S. Open men's final, I would have said Medvedev, okay? And then he kind of has taken a, a, a step back because, he gave Nadal all he was ready for that day. I, 
Zach was at the match, and when it looked like Medvedev was going to win in the fifth set, I said, "You, Zach, we, we called me on his cell phone. I said, listen, you can laugh at me when the match is over, but I think that everything that has made Nadal great, we're going to see from now to the finish, and, and we did. I think the first guy who's going to break through is going to be team. I, 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 I think team has, has, of all of them, is the most ready to make the next step. I think I love Zavera's talent, but I think he's a chowderhead, okay? And <laughs> Sissy Potts, I love his all-court game. I think he could win a major. But of all of them right now, this minute, I think team's the one most likely to step up. Yeah, I agree with that. And he's a couple years older than the other guys. He seemed to have... Yes, he is. What is he, 26, Brad? I, I think, think he's 25 26. or 6, yeah. I mean, he, he kind of started to, to to step it up on the hard courts, which is a, a good call. He won Indian Wells a, you know, a year and a half ago, and he won Vienna, and he was runner-up at the year-end last year to Sitsi. And so I, I think that's a good call. I think if he can get on the opposite side of Joker... You know, maybe not have to see him until the final, and maybe hope, yeah. and maybe yeah. hope, maybe hope right. Joker trips up along the way, and maybe he sees somebody else there that he could definitely take it, take it to the to the next level and get his first slam. Well, we're, we'll we'll be watching him for you. Yeah, you know, we're, we'll put uh, we're going to write that down next to the Mike Lupica team. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's your pick. So we're we're going to be watching for you. But uh, I'm a, a Sitsi Pass <laughs> yeah. guy. I like Sitsi Pass a lot. Sitsi Pass and uh, and and I, I'm gonna uh, I, I'm gonna sit back and watch and and uh, kind of enjoy it because uh, you know for me it's it's gonna be the the view of what goes on all around it uh, you know the the tennis I know is always the the first and foremost but I'm I'm gonna be interested uh, as much if not more so to to see how things are handled around the event the circus you, you, yeah, the circus you, right yep. Yep, um, yeah. it's ringside. It, we've all had it in different ways. Ringside seat to the circus. So we're, we're going to have a different kind of circus coming up uh, just without the calliope music uh, at the U.S. Open. <laughs> yeah. Who is it, Hunter S. Thompson? You buy a ticket, take the ride, something like that? Well, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. It started up. Mike, you've been great. Uh, loved, loved having you on. Thanks for being on Advantage Connors and, and – uh, uh, we're we're going to be if you don't mind uh, coming on, we'd love love to have you on. You know, uh, in during, person, in, in person, and and uh, to, to sit and talk to you. We've got a lot more things we'd love to talk to you about, and you know your career, and uh, you know a lot of things that have gone on in in your uh, in your time in sports. So if you'd give us more time, we'd love to have you on again. Uh, I look forward to it, pal. Nice to talk to you, Brett. Too. Okay. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, we'll get you and Zach on next time, and, and have a little fun, talk some tennis. Thanks for being on Advantage Connors. See you, Mike. Later, dude. Bye. Bye. All right. That was uh, our interview with Mike Lupica talking some U.S. Open, Cincinnati tennis. Uh, As always, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at ADV Connors. Instagram at Advantage Connors spelled out. We got a YouTube channel. You can follow Jimmy at Jimmy Connors on Twitter. I'm at Brett underscore Connors on Twitter. So many options. So much to talk about. Thank you all for joining us. We love you all. Stay safe out there. Enjoy watching the tennis. Hit us up and let us know what your thoughts are, and, uh, and we can get them on the show next time. Until then, peace.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.